Hey everybody, my name is Dr. Kevin McGovern, and this is the inaugural Game Show Podcast. I am your host, Kevin McGovern. I am a physical therapist of 28 years. This is actually my second podcast venture. My first podcast, the Prove It Live podcast, can be found on all platforms. I do that with my uh, baseball buddy, Mike Freire, and that talks about uh, sports and injuries and dispels all the uh, crap that you see on social media. But this podcast is a little more tuned into my profession of physical therapy and how physical therapy uh, can help you, um, giving the listener information about different injuries and how physical therapy can help, along with having some special guests. But we first have to talk about why the heck is it called a game show? So if you're here looking for the Wheel of Fortune, or Match Game, the $25,000 Pyramid, you are in the wrong spot. The Game Show is an acronym. G-A-M-E stands for Graded Active Movement Exam. And a little logo, if you can see it, shows a bunch of moving people. So the history of that exam is basically, that is the basis of how I evaluate people. So a little bit about me. Um, Originally, I come from uh, a relatively kind of a big town in Connecticut called Wallingford. It actually has um, two public high schools and a very prestigious uh, prep school called Choate Rosemary Hall. I didn't go to any one of them. I went to a regional high school in Middletown, Connecticut called Xavier High School. Um, that's where I got my, my uh, start and actually... Uh, essentially the beginnings of my career. Uh, back in 1986, uh, I was a very avid basketball, been an avid basketball player for I don't know, 25 or 30 years, which is probably why I need a uh, new knee at this point. But uh, back in 1986, uh, I was um, playing basketball at the local YMCA and went up for a layup and got pushed from the back and kind of came down and had this like catastrophic knee injury, really bad. Um, tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus. It was a disaster. Um, I was only 16 years old and uh, it was like right at the end of my sophomore year in high school because it was right before exams. Um, so, you know, did my high school exams and this long leg brace that I couldn't move and I was on crutches and all the like. So, um, I got operated on that summer, uh, found out a couple things, found out about growth plates. So, a growth plate is when your bone isn't actually done growing, it has a lot of more cartilage than bone. And they couldn't really drill anything in there to repair my ACL. Um, they can do growth plate ACL reconstructions now, but back in 1986, they could not. So they could actually repair cartilage now. And, of course, back in 1986, they could not. So um, they took the cartilage out and sent me on my merry way to begin physical therapy and remember correctly, I don't even think they kind of like 
start at that. I think I kind of said, hey, you know, my knee's not really getting that much better. What could happen? And my parents did. You know, so, you know, after this major operation, they, they didn't really send me for physical therapy. And when they finally did, my very first experience with physical therapy was being uh, put in this room. I remember the really ugly brown 70s, 1970s paneling, and I was on this plinth, and they handed me this seven and a half pound orange ankle weight and really kind of told me to do straight leg raises. Um, just a really terrible experience. Um, I know I only went a few visits and kind of never returned, but there was no follow-up. There was no home exercise program. There was nothing. It was a really, really bad experience. But somehow that clicked in me that, you know, maybe I wanted to become a physical therapist when I grew up, but who knows? So, um, eventually, uh, got back to playing basketball with a brace. Had to kind of wear that brace for ever, essentially. Well, in 1997, after I got out of college and playing basketball like every day, I finally got my ACL reconstructed. And that time it was, I think the doctor said, I had like a 60-year-old knee. I think I was only 23. So, but getting back to the high school story. So, I began, you know, as you got your junior year, beginning of senior year, you got to start sucking up to colleges, probably less than than you do now. But you had to do, you know, volunteer hours. You had to look like you're a relatively good adult or a good prospect for these young adult, a good prospect for these uh, colleges. So what I did is there was a um, physical therapist at the school, a trainer. Uh, he was older. He was he had his own business. And... Um, I began to like shadow him and, uh, you know, kind of seeing what he did and I kind of liked it. And then the summer between my, uh, I think when I was a senior, I got a job in the summer bef- uh, or sometime in vacation of working, you know, for a physical therapist as like an aide, you know, cleaning the hot tubs and doing grunt work. So I really kind of started to like it. But I wasn't really sure. So when I started to apply to schools, um, I knew I kind of wanted to be somewhat entrepreneurial. So I had, so I applied to schools, I half law schools and, and half physical therapy. Kind of crazy on one, one end of the spectrum, degree-wise, right? So uh, a trip to my eye doctor changed the course of my life forever. So I think it, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, probably wintertime when you had to make a really a choice for schools. And I had it down to two schools after I think I applied to maybe 14 half PT schools, half physical therapy schools. I went on two interviews, one to the University of Springfield and one to Quinnipiac University, and I got into neither college. So I think when they met me, they're like, no way are we letting this kid in. So... But on paper, I must look pretty good because I got accepted to two pretty, you know, pretty decent schools. Uh, one was Fordham University in the Bronx, New York, and they had a uh, straight, a full like six-year 
uh, freshman to JD you know, Juris Doctor program. So after six years, I was going to be a lawyer. Bang. Or, and I did visit, I didn't visit Fordham, but uh, I did visit Northeastern University in Boston, uh, toured that around. And, and, you know, that was a five-year co-op school. Uh, co-op meant you went to school half the time and you worked half the time, which really meant, when you thought about it, you went to school or work all year round, which is like, whoa. But in the end, it was a good thing. But so I go to my eye doctor and he's like, so, you know, what are you going to do? I'm like, well, you know, there's two schools and the law and the physiotherapy. He's like, wow, you know, my, my brother's, my brother-in-law studying for the bar exam. And he said, those books are like three feet thick. I was like, oh, that was it. Came home, mom, sign the papers. We're going to be a physical therapist. Bam. So, boom. I go to Northeastern, and the rest is history. Um, while at Northeastern, uh, a little entrepreneurial. I started my entrepreneurial spirit when I was a middler. So your your middle, your third year in a five-year, at least in Northeastern, was called your middler year. Um, I was the um, fundraising chairman of my fraternity, Sigma Phi Epsilon, and we did this fundraiser at this bar across from Fenway Park, uh, which at the time was called Who's on First. It's no longer called that. I think it's called like the bullpen or something. Anyway, it was like an off night, and we pa- I packed the place. We had all these people in there, and uh, the guy, the owner of Who's on First said, uh, hey, do you want to do this for a job? And I'm like, do what? He's like, you know, bring all these people in here and we'll pay you. Oh, okay. Well, how much are you going to pay me? Half the door. Oh, okay. So the rest is history. I began promoting <laughs> a uh, afternoon, actually, because in Massachusetts, um, there's no happy hour due to some regulations. And I promoted something called Friday Afternoon Madness, which started believe four or four thirty and ended at nine thirty. They cleared the bar out and you know, we started opening at ten or ten thirty. So, you know, this is nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three. This is before the internet. This is before cell phones. This is before texting. This was literally boots on the ground, handing out flyers, getting people on the guest list, leveraging the most popular girl, the most popular kid, and getting them on, having to bring people in. So Needless to say, that Friday Afternoon Madness somehow was a smashing success. If you weren't in line by 5.30, you weren't getting in. Or if you did, you'd have to get me in. I'd have to come in and kind of let you around the back. So, you know, we had we had a, a band's play. We had this uh, guy named Gordy Milne, who was a comedian singer, and my other buddy, Chad LaMarche, who was just an acoustic guitar singer. and it was great, and stuff caught on, and I basically got, I think it was from Wednesday to Saturday, I pretty much had something going on, getting paid half the door, and literally making, uh, I think, between two and two and three thousand dollars a week in cash, back in those days. It was crazy. Um, I know when I, you know. When I went to the bank to put it in, after about the third or fourth deposit, the uh, bank manager stopped me and said, uh, you know, hey, you're depositing a lot of cash. You know, at that time, it was a, Boston was a pretty 
kind of drug infested world. I'm like, oh no no no, I'm not a drug addict. I'm a bar promoter. Here are the following bars. So after that, he was he was pretty cool. But I ended up using that to pay for my Midler junior and senior years of school. So I knew when I got out of school, I wanted to start my own business. But everyone kept telling me, you know, I I had to uh, go do something medical. I had to work at a hospital or somewhere to get more well-rounded medically like boy so i took my first job out of school at this nursing home of course it was a huge cut in pay because i think it was i think i got forty-two thousand dollars a year um so after taxes i was a huge cut in pay for my promoting job so my first patient ever died yep that's right died i didn't kill him um age did god took him but yeah so you know you have to document in the chart you know patient expired (laughs) stopping physical therapy care care so i was literally miserable this was like the worst experience of my life i cannot believe that i took this job so but back then there was you know the, the think that it was the area was flooded with with therapy jobs like so you had to have a i mean i remember i interviewed for a couple of outpatient jobs but you know i didn't have any experience and they were looking for people with experience now i mean there's such a shortage or there's so much more opportunity that you know all these places have mentoring programs and all this stuff so i had to work a couple years and i finally landed my first outpatient job which turned out to be okay, but not really looked upon very favorably now to some physical therapists. So I started working at what's called a physician-owned physical therapist or a POPs. So that means the doctor's office owns the physical therapy practice. So there's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through with self-referral. And um, it's very vogue now because uh, doctors realize that physical therapy uh, is a windfall and there's a lot of practices that do it. So it's almost, um, you know, status quo. People don't even think anything of it. But back then, it was really like, oh, you're working for a doctor and blah, blah, blah. But this doctor is really cool. It was just myself and another therapist, and he didn't bother us at all, and we went about our own thing. And, you know, I started to get, by trial and error, get more experience. And then I might have been a job or two in between, but then I started working for another company that, I eventually got a director job and, you know, they promised you the world, we're going to give you this and this and that and the thing and the stuff, and they really give you nothing. So I, uh, you know, worked my way up. I said to, you know, I got hired as a clinical director and then it was time to open up another office. So basically with their money, his money, I opened up another office in Waltham, Massachusetts, which I think is still there. And, 965 Main Street or somewhere. It's another physical therapist, but it's still there. So, you know, did all the promotions, all the boots on the ground, and, you know, filled the office. And I'm like, man, I can I can kind of do this on my, my own. I just, the one thing hold me back is I, I need money. So back then, I'm not sure if it's around now, they had something called SCORE, which was like, was an acronym for basically retired executives. And there was a program at BC where they would help you. You'd meet with the guy. They'd help you with your business plan. You'd write it all out. Uh, my buddy, who was an accountant, helped me with all the numbers. And you presented it to a bank. 
and voila, they would give you money. So I did that, and woo, voila, they gave me $75,000. So with $75,000, I opened up my first office on uh, March 15, 2000, called McGovern Physical Therapy Associates in Revere, Massachusetts, and the rest is kind of history. So owned that for a while, eventually sold that. Now, currently, I own a cash-based center in Acton, Massachusetts, called uh, Perfect Motion Sports Therapy. But this is uh, how game came evolved. So my hatred for insurance companies started, of course, when you own your own business and you know they would cut your reimbursement or or stop uh, allowing physical uh, your patient to come and all kinds of hoops you had to jump through. And just using my own example, that really basically the test for functionality is range of motion and strength. Well, my right knee, which is ACL deficient, was strong. I could kick you across the room, but I could never essentially go up for a rebound and land on my right leg. That I would never do that. That I just wouldn't. I wouldn't. I didn't have good function in it. Right? It was never the same. So I needed a test to figure to kind of measure people's function. And in outpatient practice, you have you know you could have the elderly to the athlete. Right. So I needed a test that would be one test that would encompass all of them. So there wasn't really anything on the market and was looking around, looking around and, you know, finally just kind of, you know, you know started looking at functional movements and, and realized that everybody has one thing in common. Right. The one thing they have in common is their sequence of movement. Right. To get out of a chair is a sequence of movement. A to B to C to D. That doesn't change. It's essentially a study of kinesiology. So I began looking at different movements, and voila, the McGovern movement screen was born. That was to get essentially all my therapists on the same page doing these functional tests so that, one, um, we could show progress to the patient, but also we could show the need for physical therapy by these shyster insurance companies. So after a while, I think back in... Uh, maybe 2004, uh, the GAME test, which stands for Graded Active Movement Exam, came into play, became uh, copywritten material. It's got a copyright, and essentially I've been using the GAME test and all of the corrective exercises that go along with it as essentially what separates me from other physical therapists. And I have some unique shoulder tests, and you know I've got the lunge, the squat, the single leg deadlift, the crane for lower extremity tests. And using it every day, I learned something new every day. Every day, using it, how one part of the body uh, uses another or neglects another if there's an injury. And going through this test, no one has ever passed it the first time around. No one. I've had Olympic athletes take it because no one has perfect sequential movement. Um, you know, the body is an amazing tool. It will. Uh, do what you tell it to do always, and it will always do what you tell it to do, right or wrong. So the game test measures all of that, and the corrective exercises um, for that test uh, are just parts of that movement. So basically now my practice, essentially, uh, it's separated. I've used the, the game as a, as a moniker, especially sports, game seven. You know, Everyone knows that game seven is the final game of a championship series. So I use game seven as the client's goal, whatever that may be, whether I've had, 
you know, just past few months, I've had a woman say that she wants to get in better shape to have a child. I've got a guy who wants to get back to triathlon. So that becomes their game seven goal. They take the test and parts of the test, you are ranked game one, game two, game three, game four, game five, game six. And so you get to game seven and there are criteria that you have to meet. So for instance, to go from game three to game four, you have to pass the squat and the lunge test. And I have three different levels of the game test. So as you pass the game test, you go into the dynamic game test, which is really, really about perfecting your movement. Um, I look at athletes or movement as a bunch of high speed, uh, a camera taking high speed pictures, right? If an athlete's moving left or right or whatever, there's a bunch of pictures. And if I can take out, if there's 50 pictures and I can take out 10 of them, that that movement doesn't apply to the betterment of the movement, we can refine it. They can go from picture three to picture seven. They're going to be that much better of an athlete. What I see out there is there's so much preparatory or uh, excess movement that's not needed that slows somebody down, that makes people susceptible to injury, whether you're an athlete or just the average Joe, right? So we want to refine our movement, you know, because movement is medicine. The more precise we can move, the better we can move, the quicker we can move, with less steps we can move, the better, healthier human being we are going to be. So the game show is based essentially on that technology and the name because it's kind of cool. So, again, it's not for uh, the Wheel of Fortune. It's not for Jeopardy. Uh, the game show is going to be all about physical therapy. Uh, each episode, you're hopefully going to learn something about some injury or some part of the human body. I'm going to be having guests on the show, other physical therapy, other health providers. I'm also going to be having um, clients of mine that have had success stories and how really physical therapy can help them because the purpose, the real purpose of this is so that I can help as many people as possible. Um, I'm soon going to be having an online platform, so I won't just be able to help people locally. I'll be, help, be able to help people uh, around the world with this game technology because at the end of the day, it really does work. Um, if you need to contact the show, please, you can email me at Kevin J, middle initial J as in John, McGovern at gmail.com. I'd appreciate any questions that you have. Um, you can search me on YouTube. Look for Kevin, Dr. Kevin J. McGovern. You will see this uh, up on YouTube as well as other instructional videos. And I am here to help. So thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye now.